Hi, and welcome to Phantasmal Farces Adventure Rise, where we delve into the world of entertainment and see if we can pull an adventure out of our arse. Our aim is to inspire and to show, so long as you look, almost anything can be a tabletop adventure. So don't be intimidated, and let's see what we can stitch together. I'm Alan, and I'm the forever GM Macastrix of a group of players in Wales. I love casting my fourth level arcane eye over stories and seeing how they translate into adventures. In this episode, we will be adventurizing Tales from the Kingdom of Fife. Tales from the Kingdom of Fife is the date album by power metal band Glory Hammer. In a fantasy version of 10th Virtue Scotland, the evil wizard Zargathrax invades Dundee and captures the princess Iona MacDougall. The prince of Fife, Angus MacFife, then swears revenge and goes on an adventure to acquire the artifacts that will allow him to defeat Zargathrax. Opinionize. Good evening, Rod. How are we today? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. And I'm doubly good because I didn't mess, as in unbeknownst to anyone who listens, I did the intro, I did the introductions right on the first try. I didn't skip them and have to come back and start again. So I'm, I'm in really good spirits. Amusta, by the way. Which I believe is hello in the Filipino. Ah, okay. Tagalog. Is that, is that right? I think, well, I don't know if Filipino is its own language, but I think Tagalog is a language as well. Ah, okay, so it's a different language. Okay. But we're broadening our horizons. In but... Zulu, it is Sawubona. I like that. But, but I was going to say, we're going... We're not. We're we're staying relatively local for this episode. Yes, uh, so, on the island. Yeah. So, Glory Hammer, Tales from the Kingdom of Fife. Uh, opinions, basically. Um, so, my opinion is that it's it's fairly, uh, in my opinion, textbook power metal with a humorous bent, but that's not to take away from it. It's. I, I don't want to say. But it, it's basically it's a it, it's kind of a power metal. You get if you like power metal, you will like Glory Hammer. If you don't like power metal, you will not like Glory Hammer. Um, but if you do like it, it's very well executed. Uh, I'm more familiar with Chris Bow's other band, Ailstorm, and I normally get my power metal fix from Sonata Arctica or Sabaton. Um, and this is kind of a reversal to the previous music ones, because rather than me uh, suggesting it, this is you bringing it to the table. Um, but all that said, I would definitely say that Unicorn Invasion of Dundee, that is a power metal masterpiece, and that's worthy for a, for a spin around anyone's ear holes. That, that, that's the highlight of the album for me. Um, I know it happens quite early on, but I really, it's just, it's got a stupid premise that I like and it keeps the energy and, you know, it just goes 100 miles an hour from start to finish. It's, it's great. Yeah, it's got like, um, it's got the galloping horses from um, uh, the, the, I've forgotten their name now, um, with Eddie 
Eddie the Head. Uh, I, Iron Maiden. <laughs> yeah, the Gallic Wars is from Iron Maiden, and it's it's well, it's it's it involves equine beasts, so why not? It's it's a good song. I'll give him that. Not my favorite, but it is a good one. Um, I was late to the Glory Hammer party, although I brought this one to the table. Um, they've been active going maybe eleven years since you know the recording of this. Uh, podcast today um but yeah it was thrown at me from the youtube algorithm that's how our paths crossed about two years ago um my, my son was a wee ben uh, and he loved pirates so i put ailstorm on and then youtube recommended glory hammer because although they're different they're on the same record label so that's basically how things came to be um but yeah, my personal favourite is Angus McFife. It delivers the punch of the album. It introduces you to the main character and the, and the hero of, it, the, of the piece. And uh, yeah, it's, it's good. But overall, the whole thing is it's just catchy. It's approachable metal. Um, and it's got a fantasy bent to it. And, and why not? You know, uh, uh, my boy loves the videos with the fantasy theme. There's knights, there's warriors, there's an evil wizard. Um I mean, it, it's got everything. It's got all the ingredients that you could pop into a little cauldron and, and pull, well, an adventure out of your ass. you know? It's, so, yeah, it's basically solidified my obsession with, like, the mythical, magical hammer as well on top of all of that. Um, good band, good album. Comes with the seal of George approval. Five out of seven. Hashtag perfect. Mechanize. Okay, so we... This has kind of become the the go-to question, where do the players go? Uh, and I think the the storyline is a very it's very easy to treat it like a standard, you know, like Paizo Adventure Path, uh D hardcover adventure. It's I know there are some twists and turns and different things, but the, this album in particular is very much uh, there's a damsel in distress, hero goes saver. So you just have a bunch of heroes go in to punch uh, an angry wizard in in the head and uh, and rescue the princess. I, th- I think it's uh, pr- pretty easy. You could have Angus uh, McFife in it. But a bit like the Aquaman thing, he is the main character. So you either replace him totally or he's just some kind of quest giver. I don't know what your thoughts were on in that particular question, the where do the players go bit. It, it depends on how, how you want to do it, to be honest with you. Um, the Not so much in the first albums, but in the later albums, the band themselves do occupy the characters' positions. Um but yeah, you, you could you could be Angus McFife if you wanted to, because it's simply an album. It lacks so much. It lacks the detail and the depth that you would normally get from that. You could make Angus McFife if you wanted to. He's effectively a paladin, I would imagine, um, or a warrior or fighter if you were going for the the five E uh, angle. But yeah, there's nothing stopping you from being, you know part of his 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 gang you know if you can't be robin hood what's to say you can't be a merry man it doesn't even have to be a named merry man so yeah you don't you don't necessarily have to be angus may have died and you take up the mantle beyond that you know it, it's, it could be done that way yeah so as i said in the intro my favorite song is uh the unicorn invasion of dundee but not just because the 
I, I enjoyed it most as a song. Um, I, it did give me the most immediate ideas for kind of an adventure or set piece. Because, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just undead unicorns. That's already, uh, you know, uh, you know, they're... It's two kind of simple things, undead and unicorns, but I can't think of anything else that really has a, that includes a huge army of undead unicorns. Correct me if I'm wrong. Nothing springs to mind immediately, no. Uh, yeah, so I think it's just a really good uh, set piece because you've got, um, it's almost like you can set up a, a tower defense style game, i.e., the 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 undead unicorns just keep coming and coming, uh, and you have to fend them off. Uh, and I think that would just be a really good over the top, just uh, just just fun, just weird, just just nonsense. Uh, if you wanted to lean into the um, uh what's it called the mythology yeah so the fact that unicorn the unicorns are still unicorns you could uh you know put in rule uh or there might be cultural reasons why you can't just murder them they have to be dealt with specifically because although they're evil they're still unicorns and are still held to a um, a certain level of reverence, even when dead, um, if you wanted to do that. So, you know, as in take advantage of the fact that unicorns are normally a uh, a force for, they're normally like the the representation of ultimate good in a lot of settings, aren't they? Pegasuses and unicorns generally are for good guys. Uh, nightmares and and um, that kind of you know horses with fire for manes and stuff they're bad guys unicorns pegasuses are good guys and they're almost entirely considered like almost the paragon of good aren't they yeah I mean they it, it, it in legend the film with um, Tom Cruise it was he was he protecting or trying to save the last unicorn because it was good. I think there's even um, in uh, not Stranger Things, the cartoon one with the Grungle Stan. Uh, oh, uh, Gravity Falls. Gravity Falls. That has unicorns. They are assholes, but they are nevertheless good. So they've got egos in that one, just to make things a little bit more interesting. But they are nevertheless people who were sought out to, to help because they are good. Um, I'd agree with you there, though. Unicorn Invasion of Dundee. It's where the real. It's effectively the second song on the album. It's where the real momentum begins of the the of the album, um, and it's a good introduction to the antagonist as well and how evil he is. You know, it, it, you've got the wharf effect. And you don't need the wharf effect because he doesn't have to beat anyone up to prove how strong he is. He's managed to turn what is effectively something really good. Um, into something ridiculously evil as well. So it just goes to show that his power is that strong that he's able to do that. Um, and then he invaded what was 
known in I believe this is set in something like uh, 1022, 1092. Uh, so Dundee would have been a stronghold city to be held off against an army of undead unicorns. It's effectively, you know, Patsy Kensit being killed in Lethal Weapon 2. You know, it's like, you know, you're dealing with a badass. You know, it's like, oh, he he coming. You know, so I, I agree with you there. Um, it, would, it would definitely be... Um, obviously, you need the call to arms where the princess becomes um uh kidnapped in the first place but yeah that this this really sort of sets the scene for who you're dealing with in my opinion yeah and i i I just i think it could be a really exciting um city defense scenario because obviously you've got to save dundee haven't you yeah of course um so yeah, I, I admittedly I focused on that almost entirely in terms of but I just I when I heard the song and I heard it after I already knew we were gonna be doing this, that was the one where I was like, Yes, if if you take nothing away, you take Army of Undead Unicorns. That's 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 the that's the, the take home from this. Not that the music is, from the whole album isn't good. It's just I was like, I was particularly enamoured with that kind of concept. Have I seen um, a unicorn attack? I, I remember watching something with a unicorn impaling people. What, what parody or nonsensical film was that? Do you know? I do not. I'm going to guess Rick and Morty, maybe. Possibly, maybe. Or South Park. Um, oh, could Park, be. Rick and Morty. Yeah. I just remember there being something so nonsensical like that. It just reminded me now when we were talking about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, if based off of how you participate and, and how you fare with your tower defense game, Dundee will fall and you have a harder time of things later on. Maybe a couple of extra missions stemming from that, sneaking in and retaking it, maybe. Um, or obviously you survive and... and the Zagathrax, the uh, evil necromantic wizard, uh, has to think of another thing to uh, to deploy. Yeah, because um, speaking of Zagathrax, and um, you did touch on it before, the, the magic hammer, the storyline of the album, this album in particular, I, they do definitely go... Like it's not unoriginal. I don't want to. I don't want to um, kind of belittle it. But the storyline, the story beats themselves are very much kind of fan general fantasy cliches. Like the princess gets kidnapped. He has to find the you know the special super duper weapon. He has to find the special super duper mount. You know, and then face off against the super duper evil wizard. Um, but part of what they've done with it is obviously it's it is the the flavor sprinkled on top of the music they've written. So they have two parts. There's not just the story; there is the music. So they are doing. They've got more going on than just the story or just the music. Um, but they do also obviously uh, do a lot of the humor. So if you were trying to take the like the fact it's a bunch of undead unicorns uh 
and it is kind of it maybe humor's the wrong word but it's over the top it's it's everything is like turned up to 11 isn't it it's no there's no uh it's not the witcher it's not a low level fantasy adventure it's mega powerful heroes beating up mega powerful villains isn't it yeah yeah it is it, it's 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 sort of high fantasy high concept it is ott and to, to say it's cliche uh is is true but i i it's not cliche in a negative way though is it it's, no it's cliche because we've viewed it all before and at the end of the day this is a new take on it i don't think there are many other than maybe blood mountain i don't think there's many um stories told in this way before um but yeah that's that's all i would say is that i another thing i would be keeping is the the general over the topness mm. um because if you tone it down you are left with a very like that's why it doesn't matter it's cliche because they've added their own over the top twist to it if you take the over top over the top twist to it uh twist away from it you don't have you don't have much original going on because at your game well you could play the music in the background but obviously your game is the game there is no it's not part of something else whereas the storyline is part of the music and everything else so I would definitely, I would want it to be over the top. Yeah, we've, we've talked many times over the last two seasons about the feel of things and let, make no bones about it. I mean, Chris Bowes has brought the over the top Ailstorm pirate aesthetic to this with an over the top Dungeons and Dragons aesthetic. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's brought that to the fore. Um, presuming that he's the, the main songwriter or whatever, but certainly the feel and all of it. I believe he's the only Scottish person in the band, so the Scotland um, setting certainly came from him. Yeah. But yeah, over the top. And that that's the reason why I would have suggested this in the first place. Yes, it's metal music. Yes, it's pretty much... <laughs> it's an adventure that's written itself for you. You just have to interpret the words, a bit like Shakespeare. Uh, it's because it has that 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 niche specific feel of of nonsense. It fits well with our way of playing. If all in all honesty, oftentimes set pieces will devolve into a beautiful chaos. So I, I you know I I think that it would suit us well. But yeah, that's that's definitely what I do. Though saying that, um, I do think it has it's a little bit of a jumping off point for a bit of a tangent. Um, just the fact, um, like you say, it's got the Scottish setting. Um, and uh, several of the, well, I believe, with the exception of maybe one, all the locations are, are, are real places in Scotland, or at the very least were real places in Scotland. Um, uh, so you could even use it as a, you, could, you can add a little bit of Scotland history or flavour. Maybe that's what you should take from it if you wanted to. Because um, obviously D&D, &D, and I think I, I'm leaning very much, like I say, into an over-the-top, high-power D&D kind of feel from this. D&D &D is, is 
generally kind of medieval Europe, but nowhere in particular. If if you know what I mean, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. The Forgotten Realms isn't medieval England. It isn't medieval Germany. It isn't medieval France. It's kind of thatch roofs, peasants working, toiling over the land for a a barony. Yeah, yeah. Tactics. It takes all. It, it takes all the kind of general elements, but it doesn't really have a distinct flavor, does it? It's it's very medieval. Don't yeah. don't don't look too much further at it. Yeah, if you right. if you close your eyes and didn't think that it was England, uh, Monty Python's Quest for the Holy Grail is effectively what I see in my mind's eye when I play Dungeons and Dragons or Pathfinder. Yeah. And I'm sure that if you're in France, you probably imagine medieval France. And if you're Asterix, Asterix, Asterix. Yeah. So you could, if you wanted to, really add some. I, I, I know uh, it's not quite the same, but you know, a little bit of Celtic flavor, but with, you know, you could add some real. Uh, you could really go whole hog into the into the Scottish theme, make it very Scottish flavored. Um, whether you wanted to do that with just the option, because obviously you can always just do silly Ochai the new uh, accents, but um, you could research it and and add some of you know actual Scottish myths and legends into it because Scot- uh, the UK, because obviously we're we are. UK based. The UK has a lot of strange myths and legends that don't make it into mainstream fantasy. Fantasy, I I, I would say, um, um, to a certain extent, yeah. Not not word for word, but Dungeons and Dragons has the national um, Welsh uh, animal, the dragon, in the title. Yeah. Yes. Um, not that yeah. we invented or have a monopoly on them. Um, but yeah, we have the Mabinogi, which is our own set of uh, sort of ancient tales, and uh, Scotland has their own, and you know they have Nessie, although Nessie didn't show up in in the the album, I note. Uh, but uh, yeah, they have their own uh, varying different things in the background. There, they have their own. It's it's all the Celtic nations. That's how it was, wasn't it? Storytelling, the the, the very same as any sort of indigenous species really is that storytelling and the bardic tales were how things were passed on down there was no reading or or writing in those days it was all done in tales around the campfire yeah like it's admittedly it's irish but um finton the wise um he could take the form of a salmon um and I don't think you're not going to find. Well, maybe you will these days, but I don't think you'd find a Hollywood multi-million-pound franchise that includes a man who can turn into a salmon. Um, you know, turn into something like a tiger or an eagle, maybe. But if you say, if you show up saying that someone's uh, can turn into a salmon, uh, you're going to be asked to go rewrite it, aren't you? Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> and UK, in particular, the Celtic folklore, has a lot of things like that, where if you were to look at it at modern with modern eyes, you'd go, maybe rewrite that. 
that there is a certain level of well because obviously they didn't really know what was silly or what wasn't silly because they were just stories so they have got a certain level of uh basically over the topness i guess it's just and it was real to them they'd never seen a tiger before they'd never seen a shark or any of these powerful beasts i mean a bear maybe yeah but that's that's probably as ferocious as it got in in medieval saxon and uh, celtic times yeah so there's all kinds of things that you can you could flavor it with the with the the celtic or particularly scottishness um I'm fixated on unicorns, I know, but the national animal of Scotland in, in real life is a unicorn. Unicorns aren't real, but the Scottish national animal is for real a unicorn. It's just their national animal doesn't exist. Um, it's on their coat of arms as well, yeah. Two, yeah. two unicorns, yeah. So um, I guess that, 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 that all I wanted to think was that you could take it even if you listen to this and you're like, well, I don't particularly like this, that or the other, something you can take away is just use it as an excuse to think about a real life setting that you haven't really thought about before. Yes, yeah, this kingdoms, of, although it says kingdoms of five tales from the kings of five, there's nothing to say that it couldn't be supplanted and moved to a different setting. There are plenty of stronghold castles in Wales, that could have been attacked by, you know, zombie, undead unicorns. There's similarly the same in, in Ireland, you know, the, the Blarney Castle and uh, plenty like other those, you know. Uh, Germany has, particularly in in um, in the Black Forest, you know, there's, is, is that called Saxony? Am I making that up? Maybe. I, I genuinely am a bit. Um, I'm like it sounds right, but I it also doesn't at the same time. Yeah, they I, they have a rich history as well. I mean, the, the brothers Grimm, basically the majority of their setting was southern Germany. So yeah, there's no reason why you couldn't put your own spin on it. Keep the story or change it however you want, but again, keep the, the the feel and put it to wherever you want. But yeah, you're right. It's very. It's not very often we'll find something that would allow us to actually use a real world setting. Yeah. Uh, well, it's yeah, it's an alternate reality, isn't it? Because obviously, it's it's all the locations are real, but pretty much nothing else is. I think. Well, the fact people exist, people are real, but. You, you get what I mean. It, apart from the real locations, it's all magic and heroes and dragons. It's not uh, haggis and tatty and neeps and sheep. Yeah. Um, uh, go on, sorry. But yeah, I was just going to say that, so whether you want to dive into it or just give a, a quick lick of tartan paint over your game, uh, it's something to think about is that it's not just a fantasy story it's not just a over-the-top good versus evil it is a over-the-top good versus evil story set in a fantasy scotland um and i believe you found a website that oh. you can look up to see if you have a family tartan or a uh, tartan that your family is connected to um 
which we'll include in the link for in the description, sorry, um, for anyone who's interested. Um, but we have also looked them up and uh, I am th through my mother's side. Um, uh, what, what would you call it? As in, I'm not subservient. That's the wrong word. But I don't have my own tartan, but I can wear the tartan of Clan Murray because my my ancestors presumably swore fealty. Yeah, that kind of thing. Um, so I can wear Clan Murray's tartan, but I I don't have any of my own. And also as well, through my father as side of the family, I have no tartan at all. Um, whereas I believe you get you 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 actually get to wear a big boss tartan. Is that I my my family's name is Irish, but for some reason, because it's Celtic, um it gets its own commemorative one. So I imagine it came into being around about 2010. So it's not an ancient tartan by the by any stretch of the imagination, but it was like, we seem to be getting a lot of this surname coming in, we'll make one for you. Because uh, I believe the Prince of Wales has only recently, or at least Wales themselves, uh, have only recently had a, um, its own tartan produced in the last maybe decade or two. So um, it's, I'm still going to call it official, just because it's a commemorative one. I'm not. I'm still going to say, you know, I can I can wear that on my wedding day or climbing up Ben. I never climb Ben Nevis again. To be honest with you, it broke me. But uh, I could if I wanted to do it in the colours of my family. I have never climbed Ben Nevis, but probably never will. I could thankfully say it when I did it in my prime, when my legs could do it. Um, I feel I may die this time if I ever did it again. But it's certainly it's certainly an experience. It's something I can say on my CV. But uh, yeah, anyway, back to the story. Uh, we've all listened to the album, you and I, and hopefully someone uh, who's listening to this has paused it now and gone to listen. I would say if you're going to listen to it on YouTube, there are three albums, so be careful what you're listening to. Uh, try and obviously remain in order and, and stick to the album at hand. Um, if the story's unclear... Um, and as I've mentioned, it is a little easier to unravel and interpret the song than maybe Blood Mountain, I feel. Um, the Wikipedia page does give a synopsis of the story. Um, and like I said, it, it immediately struck me, like it probably did for you, Alan, when you came out of the cinema for Aquaman. Reading the synopsis for me struck me as a, a homebrew D&D game put to verse, effectively. Yeah, I can... I can... You know, obviously, it, it was, you know, something you you showed me. But yes, I can definitely understand that feeling because, yeah, like you said, it was the same thing I felt when I walked out of the cinema after watching Aquaman. Um, yeah, it's it's campy and it's over the top, and in my opinion, you should take that with you when you're playing it. Like I said, you know, we've we've had games be absolutely wonderful and over the top and campy and, and silliness ensued um and usually it's those ones that hold the dearest place in our collective hearts usually i think there's i could count on maybe both hands you know certain times where things have gone completely awry but we had the most fun and uh oftentimes well, i say oftentimes but there are some times where we've reminisced about them and and laughed as well so yeah it's it's gonna i feel this has the potential to be one of those memorable campaigns whether done right or wrong to be honest with you but um yeah 
you just got to sort of you, you've divide the story pretty accurately and, and all the needs doing is translating to the page really you've got to consider your npcs like ralathor the hermit the knights of krail um because that's the thing you could be a knight of krail i mean doesn't necessarily you know yeah. armies don't necessarily have all fighters there are different things and it could be a monk or again Maybe I'm coming a bit too quick in onto the system I section, but yeah, you can't. There is a lot of scope there for uh, different classes and stuff. Um, doesn't again have to be all human. Yes, it's set in Scotland, which is predominantly occupied and populated by uh, humans. I would say nearly hundred percent. But there's nothing saying that you can't. Uh, you can't, with it being an alternate reality, have different uh, species involved as well um but yeah most you know one of the more important pieces and admittedly this maybe doesn't come along until quite later on in your scheme would be the big bad himself Zagathrax. um you kind of get his personality from the album so to be able to play him and dm him effectively is all going to be down to his stats and sort of keeping him alive and, and dangerous to your players i have a question regarding um, Zygothrax, because yes, obviously the, the band um, kind of take on the persona of certain characters in the performances and the music videos and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, Zygothrax is, um, we've mentioned him before, because he's Ailstorm Man Chris Bowers, isn't it? Oh. I, I, I just want to make sure I got that correct. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it is him. Uh, do, you, do you look at his... The way he, because obviously he's he's not an actor as such, but would is there anything you take from he the way he portrays it? Do you think you would be thinking of him when you like when you give speeches and stuff? Would you be having his mannerisms and stuff in your mind, or would you just would you just kind of wipe the slate and 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 just take what's described in the music? If I was taking Zagathrax, then yeah, I would try and emulate uh, the performances that we've seen on stages and, and you know, as portrayed in the album and the songs. Um, but that's to say, you don't have to take Zagathrax. There's no reason why you couldn't put this maybe into a pre-existing campaign, but with a new big bad, you know, a, a three-month distraction with a new bad guy with more of an immediate requirement to, to stop than whatever campaign you're currently running um so yeah there's nothing stopping you from maybe having a different person uh, and playing them however you want i don't i he's still over the top but he is very very evil so i wouldn't go so far as to say he's jafar in a pantomime he's more jafar in the third act of uh, Aladdin, the Disney uh, cartoon for me. Because so, he, he isn't played tongue-in-cheek, you know? He he is deathly serious. Yeah, but he... But to a certain extent, he is still a cartoon. It's like, he's very serious, but there is still some element roofed as an adult. Because he was, he, he was genuinely terrifying as a child, but... Or, or yeah. is that is that what you mean? You would yeah. play him as the the way people felt when they watched him as a uh, Jafar turn into the uh, 
you know, when he turned into the unlimited power, unlimited cosmic power, isn't it? Yeah. I, I Basically, I see him as sort of, sort of twiddling his fingers, sort of Montgomery Burns style, but without the sort of the, the over-the-top, campy pantomime laugh, because it's, it's too easy to do a Dr. Evil sort of evil laugh. <laughs> he doesn't do that. But he does take play. He is very much into Schadenfreude. He's very sort of uh, sadistic. Is it taking pleasure from other people's misfortune I, and pain? Yeah, yeah. So I think I, you know, and he's very selfish. He only wants to do this for himself, no matter what. So yeah, I I would play him as very sort of stereotypical evil, um, and not so much over the top silly evil despite everything else being over the top he is he is probably the anchor um the characters themselves are more the anchor that keep things from going too you know up in the clouds but i think the the, the characters in this uh certainly are the things that keep it grounded more than anything because they obviously have human limitations um so while he is all powerful and all consuming, he's not sort of like Doctor Evil asking for one trillion dollars and not being able to achieve that and being silly about it. Okay. Um, but yeah, the rest of the story, it, it's it's pretty much you follow it as it's set out. I I could be biased. I'm probably biased. I am probably biased. Uh, but the story has the archetypal trappings of a, a fantasy tabletop role playing game adventure. Um. You say it's cliche, and and that isn't necessarily a bad thing, you know. I, I think it's the journey's the hero's journey, you know. It's tried and tested format. We could call that cliche, but it's just a synonym for it, really. And people see it as a positive thing, you know. It's it's got it's it's um it's yeah it's it it's got the call to arms. It's got the the point of no return. It's got an ultimate showdown. You know, you've got a, a reason to be there. The saving the princess, you've got a dark evil wizard, um, and like you say, there's a there's a quest to gather different artifacts before a final showdown can occur. Um, and Angus McFife, albeit a, a hero, he is prophesized hero as well. From what I gather, the way the way I interpret it and the way I listen to it is that he's prophesized as well. Um, it's even got sneaking through a, jun- a dungeon in the final part as well. And naturally, then the epic final battle. Um, going back to what you said, though, if you were going to play the songs in the background, you'd probably have to do it at like a hundredth the speed to drag them out, because it, it's only maybe sixty minutes, sixty-five minutes long. So if you can try and do this to each song, I'd, I'd applaud you for that. But yeah, it, they may have to be on a loop, which could get a little bit, uh, a little bit monotonous. So maybe play it for the flavor. And then move on to the the actual quest that that bit is following. But then it could also hold some spoilers as well. So depends on how you want to do it, really. Um, but yeah, there's like I say, there's three albums. They're a continuation of the story. And uh, spoiler alert, you know, it, it comes with a part two and a three pre-made, and they're all just begging to be played, in my opinion. And would you be? Would you say it's fair to say that if you thought this one was over the top, compared to parts two and three, you don't even know where the top begins? <laughs> yeah, we we lose sight of the ground how far up in the clouds we are on that one. They they obviously this is album number one. They want to get a record deal. They want to you know sell albums and make money. 
two and three, they've got that money. It doesn't matter how bad they are. They still get their two million to coin a phrase from Santa Claus. Yeah. So, you know, they've, they've gone for it. And it is a continuation of the story. And it's even more over the top. A last in line for me is someone dissolves into liquid dust which to me is effectively a puddle of mud. It doesn't exist, but that's the sort of nonsense that you can expect. But it's all, again, it's all campy, tongue-in-cheek, happy, fun nonsense as well. It's not, to, it's not to say that that's nonsense in a bad way. Don't listen to it. Don't touch it with a 10-foot barge pole. It, it's, it's all good fun. And um, like I say, it's a pre-made hardcover adventure. There's, no, there's not much really that we could say other than pointing out collective sort of... Um, feelings or you know sort of maybe a particular scene or how we would work things like we have today because the adventure is written itself and i wouldn't deviate from that adventure to be honest because it, it works in and of itself um so yeah I, I would just try and pinpoint how i would go about it rather than what i would do to make it yeah that makes sense systemize okay so i has a kind of gut reaction in terms of system and uh i i i haven't really changed this is fifth edition this is the most high power fifth edition pathfinder 13th age whatever it is as long as it's got ridiculous powers that with ridiculous enemies and you can all wrap it up in the most high power he-man style shell you can find that's what you use you 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 don't use low power this isn't the witcher this is this is fantasy superheroes fight good and evil mega powers mega enemies fight yeah there's not much i can disagree or add to with that you know we go through the usual list we say goobs we say dread this that and the other it the tales from the kingdom of fife just works as a as a fife finder it's bang on the nose there you know why why try and change or reinvent the wheel if you have a preferred different setting um or rather a different system then then why not i don't think though dungeon crawl classic would be a good fit for this because it's it's not high powered enough, you know. You you can die quite easily in it. This is this is the 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 mega high power high fantasy what Five Finder was was designed for. You know, go for it, enjoy. Summarize. Okay, so we've got the uh, the last bit is as we always say, would we actually play this? So I'll let you start. Um, yeah, I, I would definitely play it. Um, I'd help to try and produce it, but what, what isn't there, you know, what, what help could I possibly give you? You, it seems from the conversation we've had, you already understand the feel and aesthetic that would need to be put forward to play the game. The, the story's already pre-made for you. So, you know, I, I probably wouldn't run the module myself. I'd much prefer playing it, but, uh, yeah, from you know, it, it needs limited input from myself, but I'd certainly try and, and help to pr uh, produce it rather than uh, run it, but I'd certainly play it, yeah. Um, what about yourself, then? Uh, yeah, I, I would definitely run it. Maybe not as a full adventure, perhaps, because uh, it would be 
like you said, it's it's uh, a uh, a whole. Um, it is a whole uh, kind of. What am I trying to say? Words. How do words work? It is a hardcover adventure path kind of thing. So it, you know, if you wanted to do it really properly, you'd be playing this for what probably about you know at least six months. Whether I'd do that when there's unfortunately so many other games that I want to play, other people want to play, um, but I definitely would like to do maybe you know a couple of set pieces, maybe a. Uh, uh, speaking of Dungeon Crawl, Crawl Classics that you mentioned in Systemize, not to do that, but because uh, we've generally played that, I've run that at um, free RPG Day events. Uh, doing a really silly, over-the-top superhero thing, using this as a basis to run at an event like that, I... Uh, I, I I quite quite like the the thought of doing that. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, maybe I'm I'm tooting my own horn here, but uh, uh, having spoken about uh, Ailstorm and Glory Hammer, we look forward to seeing them supporting Ailstorm in December in Bristol. So if anyone happens to be there, uh, just look for the two beardy men that look like they run a podcast. It's, I I presume we look like we we do this. Um, so yeah, come over, say hello, buy us a drink or not. We'll buy you a drink. We don't care. Yeah, that's, uh, I am looking forward to it also. Uh, the usual needs to be said then, I suppose. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for sticking by us. Season two is almost halfway through already. Um, the links are all down below as per usual. Please visit and, and make any purchases through our affiliate links for Firestorm Games. There's international shipping. Um, free shipping, I believe, over £40. Uh, great bunch of people. Just uh, help us a little bit. We get a small kickback from it. Uh, costs you nothing extra. Um, give us some messages as per usual on the usual social medias. And, uh, yeah, stay safe. Yep, I agree with all of that. So that was our episode on Tales from the Kingdom of Fife. Hope you got some good ideas out of it. So next time you need something that inspires you, you won't just theorise, but adventurise. And if you do, please let us know. Um, all the social links to socials found in the show notes. And we'll catch you next time.